Welcome back to the History of North America Extra. I'm Mark Vinette. The Maesta Panels, Chapter 13 The French academic's pronouncement traveled from La Rochelle to Siena, landing with a mind-boggling thud. Although the trio in the small cathedral office were well aware of the northern Italian painter and architect from Florence, the first in a line of great artists who contributed to the Renaissance, they never expected Giotto di Bondoni's family to be connected with their precious object of attention. Following his shocking announcement, André Barthélemy detailed the major biographical events in Giotto's life, most of which were already well known by Father Umberto. Barthélemy made it clear that he was only able to identify the image on the medallion and not the provenance of the item, its monetary or historic value as an heirloom or antique, and the date of its creation. For that important info, Wade knew that he would have to consult other Denari team members. Wade thanked Barthélemy, ended the conversation, and turned to Julia and the priest. What do we make of this? Dead silence. What's our next move? Deader silence. Wade stood up and began to pace the room. Julia pondered aloud as she poured herself a glass of water. Is there a connection between these two men? Is there a connection between their families? The priest mimicked Julia and poured himself a glass, cleared his throat, coughed, then took a sip of water that was no longer cold, but still cool from the melted ice. The two maestros were contemporaries. Giotto worked and lived throughout northern Italy, including Padua, Florence, and Bologna. Duccio, on the other hand, was principally a man of Siena, clenching his teeth in frustration as he finished. Wade, still pacing, asked the priest if Giotto had any connection with Duccio's maesta. Not a direct connection, he answered, but his most influential work, the interior frescoes of the Scrovini Chapel in Padua, were viewed by Duccio and greatly influenced, some say inspired, his creation of the maesta. Wade stopped moving. In that case, we need to listen to what this medallion is telling us. I agree, said Julia. We need to go north and follow its path. You're right, agreed Wade. All roads now lead to Padua. Chapter 14 The priest put his caring hands on both their shoulders, then gently wished them luck in their quest and Godspeed. They exited the building into a courtyard that led to a cobblestone side street that ran along the museum complex. Sunlight, by now, had turned to dusk. Julia walked ahead of Wade as he looked down at the uneven paving and noticed her comfortable-looking footwear, thinking, Sensible girls wear sensible shoes. They eventually emerged in the piazza and walked among the tourists towards their hotel to gather their meager belongings and check out. As they left the lobby and emerged into the cool evening breeze, they noticed red and blue flashing lights on police and ambulance vehicles stationed in front of the cathedral's museum side entrance. Instead of heading to the hotel car park as they had planned, they instinctively walked towards the powerful blinking lights. They infiltrated the commotion and noticed one of the hooded nuns that had brought them sustenance during their time in the priest's office. She was crying. 
What is wrong, sister? What has happened? asked Julia. Oh, senora, she wailed. Tragedy has visited our church. She wiped tears flowing down her cheeks. Father Umberto has been killed. Wade took a step back with a jolt, while Julia grabbed his arm tightly with a gasp. What? he reacted with a loud whisper. What? repeating his disbelief, mind racing at high speed, trying to comprehend what had just been heard and process its implications. Julia frantically convinced the nun to lead them into the cathedral to learn more. Despite the immediate area being cordoned off by the authorities, the sister led them to an alternative side door further back, behind a massive column. They soon found themselves again in the museum, but were unable to enter the priest's office because of the multitude of first responders crowding the entrance and the room itself. As they watched the intense action unfolding in front of them, another nun approached. She hugged her religious sister and then tearfully related to them the gruesome details of Father Umberto's death by shooting, after an apparent struggle and ransacking of his office. Upon hearing this, Wade immediately thought of Taviana and her similar violent end. Talk of blood did not bother Wade, but seeing it did, he preferred staying clear of the murder scene. Both Julia and Wade walked away from the sisters to another part of the museum not far from the Maesta. They briefly discussed the situation and rapidly concluded that they would inevitably be questioned regarding their long presence in the priest's office that day and might be detained as well. Wade told Julia that it was now time to tell the police everything, but was again surprised by Julia's adamant resistance to the idea. This is all getting too dangerous, Julia. We need to get the police involved with what we're doing and tell them what we know, including the medallion. No, David. We need to leave now. Now. She took his hand and tugged him towards the same door they had entered. Wade let himself be led thinking that perhaps she was right in avoiding entanglements with the authorities. As they headed for their exit, they took one last look at the Maesta montage, focusing on the location of the missing panels, convinced more than ever that they needed to solve the puzzle and find the lost parts, albeit now for completely different reasons. Hi, everyone. If you've been injured in an accident that was not your fault, listen up. We have legal professionals standing by to answer your questions for free. Call now and find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Call 800-218-6010. I'm here with spokesman John Wolfe. So, John, tell everyone listening who should call right now. Well, Maria, first off, thank you for having me here. It's always nice to answer the listeners' questions. Now, as far as who should call in... Anyone who's been injured in an accident and think you deserve compensation, give us a call right now. 800-218-6010. You'll find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Thanks, John. You heard it, folks. Take advantage of this opportunity and call now. 800-218-6010. Advertisement sponsored by Legal Help Center may not be available in all states. I'm Mark Vinette, and I hope you enjoyed the listen. The 
The Historical Jesus Podcast is the sweeping saga of the life and times of Galilean Jesus of Nazareth, as well as the faith, religion, and church founded to honor and disseminate his acts and teachings. Join me, Mark Vinette, on this fascinating journey through time, exploring the many great works of Christian theology, literature, architecture, music, and art inspired by the words and deeds of Jesus Christ.